Welcome to the Alchemy Archetypes and Ascension podcast. I'm your host, Jess Beard. I believe we can change the world if we all concentrate on ascending into the greatest versions of ourselves in this lifetime. All episodes and interviews are to inspire and educate us to transform. I want to explore spirituality, 5D and quantum shifting, health, mindset, business and more. If you need to transform any era in your life, then I want to be talking about it. Welcome to my latest episode and joining me is the delightful Christina Amos. She is an oil and gas professional specializing in in well control training. She's also a personal empowerment coach who works with people who are ready to overcome limiting beliefs, exit their current undesired circumstances and start living the life in their own terms. Christina's own journey of self-empowerment began when she left an abusive relationship and became a single mother, while also a full-time student in college. Despite the obstacles of poverty, depression, self-doubt and single motherhood, she obtained a Bachelor in Geology in 2011 and immediately entered the energy industry working on offshore drilling. The incredible Christina has so much abilities and understandings of what it takes to set and achieve life-changing goals. As you've just heard in her very incredible bio, she has had a lot of obstacles that she's had to overcome in order to start living the life that she wants to, and that's how she really helps her clients. Thank you so much for joining me today and bringing all of your knowledge and wisdom to this podcast and to this episode and I just wanted to ask you a little bit more about your history and what you've you know really been through so that you can help people with this. Well thank you for allowing me to be here Jess. Oh I'm so excited this is a subject which I think all of my clients and all of my audience need to learn more about is you know when we want to change our lives how do we actually start that process? And I just wanted to take it back to when you were, you know, going through everything that you did and you're like, I'm really wanting to set and change my life. Like how exactly did you find the courage or the inspiration to really set those goals? So the main motivators when I decided to just completely turn my life around were that I was in in an abusive marriage. So I wanted to get out of that for my sake and my daughter's sake, and also just living in poverty. So I just didn't want to live any of any of those things anymore. Did you have like a defining moment where you're like, enough is enough? Or was it kind of just an avalanche? When, when the abuse became physical, that was when I couldn't tolerate anymore. Wow. Mm -hmm. And was there any particular reason that you decided to go into the oil industry, which is quite a male, what I'm assuming is a male dominated industry? You're, you are 100% correct. So that was, that was accidental. I didn't really set out to get into oil and gas. 
I love traveling. I love learning languages. So my dream was to, one of my dreams was to get paid to travel. So when I first enrolled into college, I enrolled as an anthropology major. And it was going to be easy for me. I would have finished in three years because I'm all right. I already am fluent in Spanish. So I was going to be able to finish so fast. And, but I needed to choose a science course and I really loved geology. And in fact, I had considered studying geology before, but I was too scared to go for it because I considered myself to be really bad at math and, you know, math and science. So I just thought I wouldn't be smart enough to do that. There's, there's no way I would ever be able to pass because it's too much math and science so I went with what, what I, things that I knew I was good at, things that I knew for sure I could do. So that's how I started. But since even as an anthropology major, I did need to choose a science elective. So I went ahead and chose, chose geology and thought, Hey, I get to study it anyway and skip all the math parts. Just study a few, take a few geology courses so I did that. Geology was much more difficult, but I really, I enjoyed it. I just loved it. Now the, my second semester of college for my science, I chose the second geology course and I needed to take a lab too. So I took the, the laboratory class along with the main class. And again, and that was even more difficult, but I just, I found it fascinating, the study of the earth. And Several of my classmates were trying to convince me to change majors, to switch from anthropology to geology. They told me that it'll be much easier for you to find a job. There are more, more job opportunities. You'll make more money. Now, at the time, I was living in the state of Louisiana here in the United States, and what I did was to see if they were right, I went to the Louisiana Department of Labor website and I pulled up two tabs and I looked up all the job information for both careers, for geology and anthropology. So I looked at like the next 10 year job projections. I looked at salaries for somebody for somebody who had a bachelor's, for somebody who had a master's, doctorate, et cetera. So the there was a significant difference in job availabilities and pay scale. So I realized my my schoolmates were were correct. And so I had so I and I had to I had to make the decision I had to switch. Like there's no way I'm going to continue studying another two and a half or three years. And, you know, time away from my daughter, all this sacrifice at college was really difficult for me. I had no support, no financial support at all. So I, I couldn't sacrifice that many years to end up earning the same salary as a person with no degree. That just made zero sense. So I realized I needed to change tracks. And it was very scary for me. You know, logically, I knew this would be a better decision to change to geology, but I was still scared because I didn't know math. I didn't know physics. I didn't know chemistry. I didn't know these things. So it was scary. I still didn't believe I was capable of doing those, but I just decided to take 
the leap of faith because I was as scared as I was of math. I was more scared of staying stuck in poverty. So the real kind of push to make these big life-changing decisions is to really create a life where you can have more financial security. So it was the finances and, and for creating like a more stable future for your child as well. Yes, you're correct. Because there, I would go days without having any food to eat. That was normal for me. I could eat once, maybe once one day Then I might have to wait a few days before I could get the next meal. And it was just hard times. Sometimes I would be driving and run out of gas while I was still still on the road and the police officers would have to help and give me a little gasoline. Um, I'd have, have my electricity cut off sometimes because I just, I couldn't pay the bills. It was, there was no way I could keep living like that. I don't like that. I don't like that lifestyle. I don't prefer it. But that must have taken so much courage to be in that position and having to pay for an education that is quite expensive I can completely see why you're just like if I'm going to do this it needs to be worth my while mm-hmm. and your desire for the your future was so strong that it could overcome your fear of the logistics of, of maths you know you know so almost like you're like I'm not going to let math stop me from from becoming safe financially correct I just I I didn't know if I could do it but I know I needed to try so when I'm talking with my clients I and this is very common it's like having a really strong why and your why was I'm absolutely sick of of living like this and I I demand the the change and I'm I'll do anything to to get it was there moments that you like nearly broke and you're like, I can't do this? Oh, most of the time, (laughs) most of the time. I mean, I, I was, I was broke. My checking account would be in the negative. I mean, it happened numerous times, too many times to count. It was so difficult. Now I, I never quit working. So it's not that I had no income coming in, but because I was a full-time student, I was limited to the types of jobs I could take. So I would usually work one or two jobs at a time. And it had to be in such a way that it could work around my school hours. They had to be, the companies had to be a bit flexible with me because my hours would change from semester to semester based on which classes I was taking. So I didn't stop working. I just didn't earn enough to make a good living. But thankfully, here here in the United States, thankfully, we do have government programs. So I did not have to pay for college. I didn't have to pay. So here, if you, I guess that's the silver, the good thing about not that being poor is good, but the good thing about it is that at least if you are living in, in poverty, at least you can go to, you can go to university for free. So that's the good thing that I qualified for all the benefits. I got I got grants from the government. These are federal grants that I never I never have to pay back. And then when I was keeping my grades up, I would sometimes I would qualify for school scholarships. 
So that's the good thing. I didn't, I didn't have to have money to pay for tuition or books that would have been impossible for me. So all of that was covered. So that was good. I just needed to earn enough to cover living expenses, except it just turned out. I just wouldn't quite, couldn't quite do it, but, but I did it. And how old was your child during all of this? Ooh, when I began, I began in fall 2007. So my daughter was not, I guess she was about not even a year and a half old. Not even. She was a little more than a year and a half. Wow. Because her birthday's in June, July, August. So that means she was 14 months old when I started. Yeah. She was 14 months old. I waited a bit. I waited a bit because it was the year before when I was, well, when I was beaten, I don't know how to say it in a nicer way. It's not a not, it's not a nice thing, but when I started being beaten was the year before. And I knew I, I had to revamp my whole life to make this work, but I was breastfeeding her. So I did want to wait until she was finished breastfeeding because it was so difficult working and breastfeeding. That was so hard to manage. Like there's no way I can go to work and school and breastfeed. So I waited till she was, you know, till I knew she was about to be finished, uh, weaned off. And then that's when I applied. To have a young child that young working two jobs and studying, like the amount of conviction that you needed in order to keep going is just mind blowing. Did you have some things that you used to give yourself a pep talk or did you have any kind of ritual or things that you would do so do to like really get you through those darker times yes what I I mean I would I would have my breakdowns I was not feeling zen or, or anything nothing like that I had I had depression I had anxiety sometimes I would have panic attacks so I wasn't just cool, calm and collected and confident about it. It was, it was challenging. I would have my breakdowns. I would feel down. I would cry sometimes uh, often, but what I learned to do was to try to convince myself to just try a little longer. So here's an example. Let's say that I was halfway through a semester, which here the semesters last about 16, at least where I went. At about 16 weeks, I think. So let's say I was halfway through and I just felt like I can't do it. I'm, I'm not going to be able to pass. I need to get another, a third job to cover expenses. I can't do this anymore. And I would just talk to myself and convince myself like, okay, you're halfway through. You've made it this far. Just keep going for eight more weeks and whatever happens, happens. And if you pass, great. Take it as a sign to continue. If you can't pass, then, you know, let things be how they'll be. So that that's really the best thing, just convincing myself to go just a little further. Because at the beginning, if I would think, okay, I need to continue doing this for four more years, it was too overwhelming for me. It would make me want to give up. It was just too much and it felt so impossible. So it tells like, okay, just can you make it eight more weeks? make it four more weeks, make it two more weeks. And usually, usually in the majority of cases, I would end up passing the classes and somehow able to cover at least most of my, my living expenses. 
So I would like, okay, the summer began and ended. I finished another one. I'm that much closer, one semester closer to getting my degree. So then I would, you know, continue do the same thing, continue to the next one. And that's, that's the best thing I know how to explain it. I would just convince myself to try just a little longer, like don't commit to finishing the next two and a half years that you have left. Forget about the next two and a half years. Think of just the end of this semester. Sometimes if it was really bad to the end of this week, like you just have six more days left, four days left. You just have to make it to this time step-by-step. Does that make sense? It does. Sorry. I've actually never explained it before. So when it's like, it's almost for your adrenal system and, and your fight and flight response, you're like, I cannot think about something so huge, like mm-hmm. the scope of all these years. But if I chunk it down into bite-sized little mini goals, I can get through this. And that's so smart because you'd be able to breathe again. And like, if you think about it being three years, that's daunting. If it's just four more weeks or eight more weeks, if I can do that, you, you know, like I can do that. So it's almost like um, soothing all your adrenal system and, and, your, and, and, you know, so you're not in that fight and flight constantly about it's impossible. That's too big of a goal. So I can completely see how that's been able to get you through you know that's really amazing because you've really had a lot of adversity and you just push through it one of the things that you talk about is why you shouldn't set realistic goals and I thought this would be a really nice segue into that and asking you like what do you mean by that when you say that well I'm living proof that we're the, okay. So to start the reason I say that, and I, I tell people this all the time is because I think when people, when we set realistic goals for ourselves, that we're just limiting ourselves because what, because what we think is realistic is only our beliefs or other people's beliefs about us. So I think we're really limiting ourselves and I'm living proof that definitely I'm capable of doing way more than I thought. And I believe it's the same for, for everyone else. Just like I thought I want, I wanted when I wanted to enroll as a geology student at the university, but that, but then I didn't because I saw all of the math and chemistry physics requirements like, Oh no, I'm not smart enough to do that. I can't do that. I, so I switched, so I just enrolled as what I thought was realistic, like, well, anthropology, everybody knows me. They know I love traveling and learning languages. That's something I'm good at. So that was much more realistic. So I went that way because I really, I truly didn't believe that I could complete a science degree, but I did. So it, it showed, it just opened my eyes and it made me wonder what else do I think or have I thought that I couldn't do that I maybe I would be able to do? And I and I see people limiting themselves all the time. Between you and me, I have a pet peeve with these smart goals. Every time I hear the smart goals that, you know, the the acronym, the specific, ah, what is it? Specific? What does the M stand for? 
manageable? No. I think it's manageable. Maybe. And then I can't remember all of them, but the part that I have, I don't have a problem with all of them. What I have a problem with them, what I have a problem with is mainly realistic, the R in it. And also the last one, the T, the time bound. I also have a problem with that. So the reason why I have a problem with the realistic is because it's just so limiting. We we think that we have all these limitations or sometimes we want to do something. But if we talk to family and friends, sometimes they will tell us like, no, you're not good at that. That's not for you. You won't be able to do that for whatever reason. Either we're not good at it or in my case, I was told I wouldn't be able to be successful in oil and gas because I'm a woman I mean, and I'm not saying these were bad people. people. Even my parents, my close friends were talking to me this way. So, and I know that they do love me, but their advice to me was not good. It was limiting. And I'm, I'm so glad I didn't listen to them, but Mm -hmm. we have limits for ourselves. People put limits and even beyond our family and friends, of course, our cultures, where we grow up society in general, they put so many limitations. So sometimes what we think is not realistic is totally realistic if we would just try it and do it. So I really think it would be better if we would set goals and not know if we'll be able to do it or not, but at least give it a try because, you know, you might surprise yourself. You are most likely capable of way more than you ever thought or way more than anyone has told you. I just Googled it quickly while you were talking and SMART stands for Specific, Measurable, Achievable, Relevant, and Time-Bound. Ah, okay. And I can completely see how if you'd have stuck to that list, you wouldn't be where you are right now. And I guess the, the deeper meaning that we can take from this is your why, your biggest why was I don't want to be poor anymore I want a better life for my child I uh, I don't want to be in poverty anymore and if you'd have done the smart things and gone with the anthropology you wouldn't have actually fixed your why you would have spent all those years and then potentially not even got a job or things wouldn't have evolved and instead of listening to all the smart things and the advice from other people you're just like no 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 my my why my drive my the thing that's making me in these moments of doubt push through is the thing that's going to help me to change so I think that's really powerful for our listeners to just pause and when we're setting up goals if we don't have that huge why and really look at our why and the thing that's going to give us the passion and conviction to get through then Mm -hmm. you're not as more likely to succeed because you just don't have that strength and conviction to push through Mm -hmm. That's, that's really wise and you know there are even people who are these days considered to be the best in the world at what they were do at what they do they were told as children that they would never be able to make it for example did you Do you know of the basketball player, Michael Jordan? Mm -hmm. Not sure since you're in another country. Mm -hmm. Well, when he was a child and in high school, he was told that he would never, he would never make it in basketball. He might as well give up that he was so bad and not gifted at it. Michael, imagine somebody like him, one of the best, most recognized in the world. And he was told he wouldn't be able to do it. 
do you know of the the singer Shakira from <laughs> Colombia? Yeah. When she was a when she was a girl, she was told that she she couldn't sing. She sang in part of a choir, and they told her she had absolutely no musical talent. And there there are many other examples. So just just to show other examples besides me, yeah, they were told they couldn't do it, and now they're some of the the best in the world. There was an interviewer that asked Arnold Schwarzenegger, and he said in one word. I want you to tell me in one word how you are able to get from, you know, being fairly impoverished in um, Austria to mm-hmm. winning the bodybuilding, the acting, doing mm-hmm. all the things, just one word. And Arnold's was like, how do I do that in one word? And he paused and then he went, dream. And dream. Yeah. And he had this dream that he wanted to become the best bodybuilder and then from that get into acting. That's all he, when he started off as dreamt, he didn't even have the capability of dreaming that he would become as huge as he was, you Mm -hmm. know, and he is. So what he did is he just started off with this is this is my dream and he didn't limit himself and he was able to explore and the same goes for yourself because you've you haven't limited yourself you've pushed through all this you've gone through all the adversity you've got a thriving job and now you're in a place where you're like I want to help other people do the things that I did and and you've moved into coaching and empowerment that's because you dared to dream. You didn't limit yourself. I really love how you've worded this. And we shouldn't set realistic goals. We should totally just go for it. I love that. Is there something inspiring that you would like to say to people? Like, imagine that there's some listeners who are absolutely stuck in lives that they don't want and they desperately want to change but they don't believe that they can what would you say to these people listening who are in this situation I would say if you listener listening right now if you are in that situation where you feel like your life just totally sucks nothing went the way you planned and you have no control I would like like you to think about this that you may be in control of more than you think you are. Sure, things may have happened to you that that you don't like that, or that definitely, absolutely you did not deserve, should not have happened. You can't, but you can't control the past. It is what it is. You're in whatever situation you are now. How it, So you have no control of the past or the present because it's the past that brought you to this point, but you absolutely have control of your future and all it takes to change direction is to just make the decision and you can start with a small decision, but just make one decision at a time. And if you think about it every day, you're making decisions. Some maybe you may consider to not be important. Some may be more important, but you're constantly making decisions every day. So I would, yeah, I would like, like to invite you because let's say you're stuck in a job that you absolutely hate. You're being mistreated, underpaid, overworked, har- harassed, whatever's happening. 
while unfortunate, you do have, you can make the decision to change jobs, to look for another job and find something else. Now, if you follow up with that, oh, but I need to stay here because of this, this, and that, then you need to realize that, well, that's a good thing too. You are empowered because there are things, although there are things you don't like about the job, you are choosing to stay there for certain reasons or maybe until a certain time. So you are still in control. So I find that that helps me too. Like, okay, I'm choosing this for right now. So you have to kind of choose the the good with the bad sometimes, but you absolutely have freedom to find something else. Likewise, if you find yourself in a bad relationship, although it may seem impossible to get out of it, there's there's a way. There's a way to escape. There's a way to get out. You, it may not happen as soon as you would like, but yeah, just, and that's what I don't like about the T and the SMART goals, the time bound. Sometimes you can't really put a time limit on things. Sometimes we just have to wait until the stars align until we're really ready to make, to take the action, make the change. Sometimes we need to be psychologically and emotionally ready to do what we need to do. And it can be really hard, but so things may happen at a different time, time frame than what we would like. But we just need to remember, as long as we start making different decisions, it'll be impossible for life to remain the same. If we start doing different things, we will start getting different results. That makes so much sense. And I can see how, like, you made the decision, you know, I want to change and I'm going to go and change my life. I need to finish breastfeeding before I can do that. Mm -hmm. So you had like realistic things that you had to kind of do before you made your decision. And I'm reflecting also on some of the times in my life. And I was in a workplace one time, which was quite toxic. I, there, there was bullying and misunderstandings. I also was not the best version of myself. Like instead of being honest and talking with everyone, I would be like quite meek and not say a word and like the, the total opposite to how I usually would. And like I really value honesty, but then the workplace actually became about nothing being honest. I wasn't honest in how I was feeling. I wasn't honest in my communication and all these things happened. And I came to this point with going, I actually don't like who I am in this workplace I'm gonna have to leave and completely change my life I had been quite committed and I, I went all right I have to do this and I made the decision now the realistic um, parts of it is I didn't have the finances to just up and leave at that stage I needed right. A, right. I needed a, a game plan and a safety mm -hmm. net things in place you know, it took about four or five months before I was in a position where I could actually leave, which is not the smart way according to, you know, the smart method. But at the same time, it was that decision. I don't like who I am in this business. People around me don't like me. And this is just toxic and weird. And I'm going to, I'm going to leave this and do something different. And then I continued to make decisions for that end goal. So I was in control, but at the same time, I felt like I was out of control, but you're right. I did, as soon as I made that decision and I started taking the bite-sized steps to getting out of the situation, I was in control bit by bit. So that's really powerful. And I don't think people, when they're in the real dark times, actually realize that you can still you can still be in control. Right. Because at the moment, it 
it feels so out of control. Everything just, it just feels that way. It's, it's so hard. Oh, this has been such a fabulous conversation. I think it's been really, really juicy and has showcased to the audience that you can be in poverty, you can be in the depths of despair, you can be in struggle street, and then you can also work your way out of it if you really have a strong why and you really have that conviction. I have loved our chat. I think you're incredibly inspiring. And could you tell our audience how to find you on the internet and how they can get in contact with you? Well, I have a website. You can visit it. It The site is www.contrivetothrive.com. And there is a chat box directly on the website, so you can message me that way. And if you would like to send an email, then my email address is christina at contrivetothrive.com. But my name is spelled unusually. It's spelled K-R-Y-S-T-I-N-A, and that's Y as in yellow. So maybe easier to go to contrivetothrive.com and just message me. I believe there's a little freebie offer. Is that available on the website as well? Yes. If you go to contrivetothrive.com on the menu, there is a link to go to my everything page. It says everything start here. So go to the main website, contrivetothrive.com and go to everything start here. And all of my, all of my offerings are on that page, but so far the most popular offering has been the has been a, a freebie that I have that's 10 steps to start and complete your big goal. I'm going to put all the links in the description so that you can click on it but I like to let people really verbalize it out loud because sometimes people are not in the position where they can click things but they can remember mm-hmm. names and stuff like that. I have absolutely loved our time together. Thank you so much for agreeing to come on and share your wisdom and I cannot wait to hear people's feedback because I really feel like you're the perfect example of facing all the odds, changing your life, having conviction and just being so incredibly strong. So thank you so much for being here today. You're welcome, Jess, and thank you for having me on your show.